Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Jingle balls to the wall, gentlemen. Listen up. It's time to gear up and give yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why not do the same below? The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped Boxer Briefs and the Crop Reviver Toner, which will keep your junk feeling fresh. Give yourself the gift of below-the-belt grooming this holiday season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Again, that's promo code BIGHEADS for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Clean up below the belt this holiday season and make Santa proud by going to manscaped.com today. Welcome to the Serie A show. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of the City A Show. The international break is over, and we are ready to reconvene again the City A calendar and season. So there are actually some pretty enticing matchups this weekend after the international break. So, guys, let's start with Atalanta Juve. Um, this one um, is going to be interesting only because we had the controversy before the break with Cristiano Ronaldo and Sadri, and you obviously have an Atalanta side who many of us thought would struggle with the injury of Duvan Zapata. Now, in their previous two league matches, they've drawn... Actually, in their previous three league matches, they have all drawn... That was after they hammered Utenese 7-1. to So, Chloe, let's start with you. Uh, what are you expecting from this one? I think it's it's always um, an entertaining game between the two of them. I think last season, obviously, Atalanta beat Juve 3-0 and knocked them out of the Coppa Italia, which was a, a huge surprise. Um, but obviously, this is uh, we're now dealing with quite a different Juve than we were last season. Um, last season, I think that Atalanta, and, and in the past as well, Atalanta have had relative success against Juve because Allegri was a little bit cautious and they feast on anyone that's cautious with their ultra-attacking approach. And, um, you know, they've got a few draws over the last few seasons and, again, that win in the Coppa Italia. So, you know, they are they do seem to be a bit of a bogey team for Juve, but I think now, I think now uh, Sari has made them a little bit um, bolder, more attacking that I think it will be a really entertaining game because you'll see two sides going at each other. Um, and I, I think it'll probably be nil-nil now, but I <laughs> I predict yeah. that there'll probably be some goals because Juve have actually been conceding, even though they've been winning all the time. So, yeah, I think it, I think it should be really good. And especially as Atalanta have just plateaued a little bit uh, and just dropped down. I think I think they might have dropped out of the Champions League places now because they were third. Um, so yeah, they they've plateaued, but Juve were still not hundred percent sure. Um, 
the the style is quite on point yet. So yeah, I think it, it's a, a good time, a good test for Juve and a good time in the season for for neutral fans to watch a good spectacle. Yeah, um, I, I agree with everything you said. I just think that um, I think this is a this is a really interesting test for for Juve's, Juve under Sarri because usually when teams play against Juve, they've kind of shrunk spaces, they've kind of backed down and not allowed Juve to 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 play their free flowing football. But despite that, Juve always have managed to to find uh, ways to break teams down. Um, Atalanta, against Atalanta, it's going to be like an autostrada. It's going to be it's going to be like a highway. They can easily uh, play pass between the lines. They can easily find space. And I think this is a game where will that, that really suit Juventus uh, and Sarri. And I think that this is a game that that's going to be very uh, that that will that will be decided in in who's, who converts. Because Juventus will will definitely get their chances. Atalanta, we know, create a lot of chances. Uh, they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're the team that scored the most in the Serie A. So, um, so I, I expect a lot of I expect it to be goal heavy. Uh, but I do think Juve will win, and I wouldn't be surprised if Juve won something like four two or five one or five two, something like that. Because I think this is a this is a game where Juve will have lots of space to attack, and I think that they have the quality to to completely. Uh, destroy uh, teams when they're given that space. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think Juve should win this. Uh, again, with the Champions League midweek, you wonder how they'll approach this one, but I, I think it should be very straightforward um, as well. Chloe, you mentioned Atalanta being a bogey team for Juve. They seem to be a bogey team for several of the bigger teams in the city. Uh. In, Inter, Inter, oh my God. Whenever Inter play Atalanta away and the game is at twelve thirty, like a lunch kickoff, you know Inter are going to get hammered five one. Like it's just, it's just. Yeah, a Fiorentina don't like them either. They keep beating Fiorentina. I, I think maybe uh, they're just good rather than being somebody's bogey team, probably. Yeah, yeah, but even during the treble season, when or even the season before the treble, when Mourinho, uh, when when Atalanta weren't good, they were the, they complete. I mean that 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 is the only time under Mourinho I've seen. Inter get completely destroyed was against Atalanta away. They won three 0 in the first half. They scored all their three goals in the first half. So this they are a bit of a bogey team, except against Milan. They always lose against Milan. Yeah, well, Chloe, you mentioned so. If we look at the table, they are currently tied on points with Roma at six four and two, whereas Cagliari are seven three and two, two points ahead of uh, ahead of Atalanta Roma in the table, sitting fourth. Where you, whereas you have Lazio sitting third, Inter second. So for this, this race is entirely interesting for the last two Champions League places because I think we can all agree Juve, uh, Juve and Inter will undoubtedly take the, the first and second spot. Where do we think this, this entire thing will ultimately, or where do we think it's headed? Because obviously it's still early to make a final prediction. We're, we're a third of the way through the City A calendar. I thought Cagliari would be good coming into the season. I didn't think they would be Champions League worthy. I thought perhaps Europa League plays, but they're certainly punching above their weight. Lazio, someone mentioned we don't discuss them enough. So here we go. Let, let's We can discuss Lazio in this conversation as well. But you also have Napoli, who are, who are sitting seventh at the moment. So you have this group of five essentially battling for these last two Champions League places. Do you think that Napoli, Roma, the usual suspects, get back on track? Or do you think this is the, the year where we could have 
somebody again like Atalanta, Cagliari, perhaps even Lazio take one of those places? Um, I, I honestly think that Roma will finish third and Napoli fourth. I think that Napoli will get it together. I think they have the quality to get it together. Um, and I think that every everyone that, that's... Because I think there's going to be so many different changes at Napoli uh, next summer uh, with Ancelotti leaving and, and several players leaving. It's time to make a, like a brand new start of it again um, uh, as it's clearly not working and it's imploded. So I think that the pride will kick in. Um, and I think that, that, that the reason... And that's why I think it will work. I think they'll get fourth. Roma, to me, are as I've said, I've, I've I have them I have them in the Champions League spot, and and I think they've gone through their worst period, and now they're going to be a really difficult team to beat. Uh, we've spoken about Mancini, in that deep lying playmaker role, he's been phenomenal. Um, I don't I I wouldn't move him. I don't think Fonseca will. Uh, I hope he doesn't. So uh, no, Atalanta fifth. Uh, I still think that Atalanta concede a little bit too much to to be able to, to, to finish top four. Uh, fifth is great for them. It's not, it's not exactly bad to finish fifth for a tiny provincial club. Um, so, and Lazio sixth thereabouts. Those are, those are my teams. Um, I have to say I disagree with Nima about Napoli. I don't think they're going to get it together. I think they, they've come to an end, the end of a cycle and it's kind of all falling apart. And I think because it's gone so badly wrong, I think... It may take a while to put that back together. I think they need some uh, fresh players and fresh ideas. I, you know, it's still unclear at the moment whether Ancelotti is actually going to last the season because he's, you know, even though they said he's staying for now, he seems to be have a bit of still, um, you know, maybe bad relationship with De Laurentiis. So I'm not so sure about Napoli. I think they will be more like Europa League. But I do agree that Roma. Uh, will be in there. Um, I think that fourth spot is really interesting. Um, we last season, so many times it changed, and and you know I think as well as having a title race this year, that 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 is where the interest is in Serie A. Who who's going to get in the Champions League? And you know, Calgary, I think they may end up slight, dropping slightly into the Europa League. Um, I don't. I don't know who will get the other fourth spot. It's it's a tough one. Now I just said Lazio. I noticed neither of you are really picking them for that. But it's not. It's not that. It's, I mean, it's not because we dislike Lazio. I just think. Yeah. That oh come on! We don't talk about them enough. And, and, Surely and, we hate them. Okay, but I'll, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but no. But honestly, I really like Lazio. I think. I just think that. The the and and I think that Acerbi has been the best defender in the Serie A. He has been great, hands down. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the the level that I did not expect him to be this good. But there's no doubt about that. I honestly didn't. I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was starting material to replace. Kenny I was going to just say team. that. Great for the national he, team as well. Not even club right. level. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been he's been absolutely world class. There's no doubt about it. And he he he's 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 completely replaced Chiellini, and I didn't think that was possible. Um, I think that I thought that was going to be a weakness uh, in in the national team. And 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 at Lazio, he's been really great. There's no doubt about that. I just I just feel that looking at uh, Inzaghi and how they've been, I think they've just been a little bit too. They're a little bit too inconsistent. Now, uh, whether or not you know this is all guesswork because I mean we don't know. I. If if he, if Inzaghi if Simone can get this to kind of 
to balance this out and calibrate this in a way so that it, they don't hemorrhage goals and Immobile continues to score for fun, then then sure, uh, then of course they'll be there in in the top four or, and fighting for the for the top four places. Um, I, I, I just personally think that there are teams that are more ready and prepared, uh, such as Atalanta, than Lazio to to take that fourth spot. I do think Roma, Napoli will recover their form. Chloe, what what makes you so pessimistic on this Napoli situation? I, I, I think we've talked about it exhaustingly on these last two episodes, but what is it in particular that just doesn't give you the faith that they can recover? De La Rentis, let's be honest. Yeah, Aurelio De La Rentis. The problem. Um, I, feel that, <laughs> I feel that having looked having looked at what Sari has, has done since leaving Napoli, um, I actually look back on his time there a little bit differently and actually feel like he got that team massively punching above their weight because of his entire system that worked so well. Um, and I feel that when he left, Ancelotti was able to sort of keep that going a little bit. Um, but this season, um, it's almost like any remainder of... Sari's ideas, instructions has kind of gone. Um, and the team the team was already struggling before they had all this drama. They, they were already, we talked about it quite a lot, that they weren't, they only had two men in midfield and, you know, they were being overrun and, and all that. Um, but I think, the, I, th- I think the reason why I'm pessimistic is that they have multiple issues um, from the top down. And, and I don't think that's easy to flip or solve overnight. I do honestly feel that it needs a proper rebuild. Nima, I, I assume you have a bit more faith than Chloe does in this regard because you, you did pip them to potentially get the top four. I, the thing is, though, I agree with, uh, with uh, what Chloe said. I think it is time for a change, but I do think that the quality is... They have enough quality to, uh, to, to, to pull through. So to speak, I, I do definitely. I think they, they that this comes down to Ancelotti wanting to to leave um, uh, leave Napoli in a in a you know in in a good shape or a respectable uh, position, and and I think he he the to qualify for the Champions League would be would be just that, and I and I do think they have the quality to finish top four. I think if uh, it, it, I mean as long as that madman just chills out and stops you know creating. You know, sending shockwaves because he is the problem. Let's let's be honest about it. There's a lot of things wrong with Napoli, uh, but 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 he is definitely one of them. He has completely created this mess. Um, I mean, I've been I've, I've been one of those who who've been on his side, thinking that he's done an absolutely fantastic job uh, bringing um, you know lift the what he's done with Napoli, taking them over in Serie D and buying them for one euro and then consistently having them make a profit, turn a profit and the way they scout players and, and turn them into superstars and sell them on and then replace them. I, I think he's done an absolutely fantastic job, but I think that it's time for him to leave now because he is now a liability more than anything else. And his way of running things, which used to be a strength are, are no longer a, a, a strength, but they are a liability. And I think that if the Qatari foundation were to make uh, the offer that is being rumored, I think he should sell. I don't think he will because I think he enjoys being the the bombastic uh, padrone uh, that he is, uh, you know. So I, I, I think that 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that, but I think it would be best for everyone involved if he left, because I don't think he has the necessary tools to turn Napoli into a team that wins the Serie A or challenges for the Champions League or anything like that. I think it's. Um, I, I think it's a little bit uh, similar to the situation with the Della Valleys at Fiorentina, that while Fiorentina fans were really grateful that. Um, they initially saved Fiorentina just like De Laurentiis did with Napoli that you know eventually that um, kind of running the team on the budget and not putting much of your own money in and you know self-financing as they call it is is not sustainable and it's it's not ever going to bring prolonged success especially you know you cannot any team can have a good season but they need sustained investment to be good year in year out yeah and it's not and it's not just so you know when we say investment we are aware of uh, the financial fair yeah. play rules what we're talking about is is external links in investment so that you know not like off the pitch stuff investment like suning are doing with inter or or the 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 or, or the agnelli family is doing via their companies at juve etc etc um so 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 that's that 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 he completely lacks that uh, and i agree 100 with that you need to have you know today for example suning got inter to sign a multi-million dollar deal with a with a Chinese music platform that uh, that has 800 million users. I mean that that kind of investment and that kind of stuff is something that De Laurentiis doesn't have, and Napoli need ha, need to have that because they have a massive global fan base uh, in, in in North America alone. There's a couple of million people there, so that 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 are a fan base to them and all over Europe. So. I, I absolutely agree with what you said, Chloe. I think we need—they need someone who can take that final step. And and De Laurentiis is too much of an old school. He's the last of the old school Italian owners in the style of Moratti, Berlusconi, uh, Zamparini, etc. You know that business model is outdated, uh, and and I think he's kind of played out his role. Well, speaking of, it's sort of a, a meeting of two clubs that are in sort of synonymous chaos because they come up against <laughs> Milan who currently sit and it's so weird to even say this but Milan sit 14th in the Serie A table <laughs> Napoli Pioli. yeah so so Na- Napoli 7th Milan 14th I, I don't even know what to make of this one because I, if you just look on paper you would think Napoli who have one win in their previous five league matches the same with Milan, although Milan had three losses in their previous five league matches. You would think just on paper that Napoli should, without question, take care of Milan without any issue. But given what we've seen from them in these last few weeks, I, I, I can honestly say I, I don't even know what to expect from them anymore. Because just when you think they might get up for it, they might get themselves out of this situation, um, they just play horribly and the situation makes itself worse and then you have Milan who are still sort of figuring things out under Pioli obviously they've lost their last two matches although Nima we did talk about how Pioli seems to have at least found his midfield which shouldn't be touched yeah. right no no it shouldn't it's Krunic, uh, Krunic and uh, Benasser 
uh, and Paqueta. Those are the players that have to play because that's when th this team looks completely balanced that way. They have they have they have everything. They have muscles. They have energy. They have physicality. They have idea. They have brains. They have every. I mean, th that midfield is 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 a good midfield, and I and I think what the the uh, the back four he played as well is is, is spot on. Um, against Napoli, and I do understand why he plays Chalanoglu on the left wing because he kind of cuts in and covers that side. So no, I think he's found his formation. Um, the only change I would make is probably to bring out, bring in Rafael Leao uh, on the left wing uh, against lesser teams where Milan don't have to defend uh, as much as they they do against Napoli, who will otherwise run riots uh, against them. But I, I mean, I've been reading that Napoli could make a change to a four-three-three. Uh, which I think would just uh, against Milan, and I think that is the formation they should be playing. Um, uh, and and I think that they they have a quality that is better than they have they have a, they have a team that's better than Milan. It's just that simple. And and I think that being at home uh, and and to and, and you know these two weeks kind of letting things cool down, cool off. Uh, I I do think that this these two upcoming games against uh, in the Champions League and the Serie A is going to propel Napoli up the table. And I think it's also going to give them some peace of mind because let's remember this is Italy nothing cools off arguments and let's bygones be bygones as much as wins if Ancelotti were to win in the Champions League and against Milan good two good performances and two wins then all of this is almost forgotten you know that's how it works uh it's it was a tricky one <laughs> um you know they've both been such a disaster um I think <laughs> it, was, it was really like the battle of who can not mess up the most, I guess. Um, but I, I did see signs of improvement with Milan. Like, you know, you, you mentioned the midfield and um, against Juve, they, they were, they did look like they were improving and they, they did play well for spells in that game. Um, so... <laughs> I feel like you never just know Napoli could turn up and play amazingly and, and Milan could just have a complete breakdown again. You just don't know. But from the feeling I get is that Milan are slowly, slowly, slowly improving and that maybe, um, maybe they could just have enough to beat Napoli who are still, I, I would imagine, reeling from all everything that's been going on yeah i agree hey real quick i want to talk about a certain milan player and something he had to say but first a brief word from our sponsor my bookie hey nba nfl college basketball fans are you tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. That's MyBookie.ag and enter promo code LATEFEES. That's promo code LA. T-E-F-E-E-S to get that 50% match bonus up to $1,000. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid with mybookie.
Yeah, it's this is one where it's difficult for me to even make a prediction. Um, obviously, on paper, again, I, I feel like Napoli are, are just so ahead of Milan, but this situation that they're in is so curious. And again, I think they have more quality than Roma, and they were terrible against Roma. Uh, Milan, they still feel like they're still trying to find their way. Pioli, again, I, I've, as I just mentioned to Nima, I feel like he has at least found his midfield, which is something I, I believe he can build off of. But whether or not they're able to produce goals is where my biggest question mark with them is. Um Poor Piontek. I don't know what this guy is thinking, but for him to be talking about... Did you guys catch this? It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. What <laughs> so is he for anyone doing? Who did it, doesn't, yeah, for anyone who doesn't understand what I'm referencing, um, Piontek, in an interview while on national team duty, he was mentioning that for his next transfer, uh, he would like to be a player who is worth 70 million euros. Uh, because he was asked about moving on, or he, he was asked about his future, and he basically said, why was uh, Milan pay 38 million euros for me, and in my next move, I would like to be 70 million euros. Um, before we get to that point, how about a goal from open play? It's weird. It's weird. This is such a weird thing for him to say. Uh, and I, and, I'm, and, and it's, it's part of it is like, did he actually say it? Uh, it maybe it was uh, some sort of lost in translation in Polish. Uh, I, I haven't yet been able to verify that yet, but it is such a weird, weird thing to say. What a well, weird and then thing today to you have Chalanoglu talking <laughs> yeah. about <laughs> talking about you know uh, moving on. Uh, no, no, there's no, no, no way what, he'd be able to say no to Bayern. No, no, he what, said he what, said what? no, no. What he actually said was, I would never. If if Bayern came looking, uh, asking uh, if if Bayern came knocking again on my door, again on my door, I wouldn't say no. This Can time. you imagine the scenario? <laughs> Doorbell That's rings. Exactly oh, that Milan must mean. be Bayern again. Calais, well, just is that a very you? odd, um, just a very odd thing to say in this very particular moment that they have. No, it's it's free um, fall. It's clear, and and not only that, um, as as if things weren't weird enough in the land of Milan today on Twitter, Young Hong Lee, <laughs> the old owner, has suddenly created an account, and he's throwing everyone under the bus. Like it's just it's just weird. Milan Milan is becoming a a weird kind of like a reality TV. Like it's it's really going downhill for there now. For, for them now it's it's weird it's weird no no but this is really turning out to be weird and it's kind of it's really falling off at the seams and and it's it's quite sad to see because with maldini and boban you know you had the you have the milan dna and you you have intelligent people because they are intelligent people but it is absolutely not working um so i don't know i mean the elliot fund i mean maybe they should just try to cut their losses with milan and and try to just get get back, you know, get get what money they they put out, and just try to, you know, not make a huge profit what they had anticipated because this is not looking good. It's interesting. That's all I can say. Um, when I saw that interview with Piontek, just the timing. I mean, how tone deaf can you be? Your 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 team is struggling. You have a huge, 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 huge match coming up against Napoli. And here you are. You're discussing wanting to be a 70 million euros player. I mean, for me, come on. They they need to have some kind of press officer that's regulating what they're they're saying. You know, I mean, I know they're on international duty, but like 
somebody to give these guys some coaching about what it's smart to say and not to say in the media. Well, I mean, I think I think I think that's they, he said it on purpose, and so did Chalanoglu. I think it's definitely calculated. It's it's not very nice, but but then again, you know, what are you going to do? Other the alternative is to go full on Aurelio De Laurentiis, who who finds uh, uh, what's his name uh, El uh, Elif Elmas? That's the one, Elif Elmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he because he, he spoke with the press and he didn't even talk about Napoli. <laughs> he just spoke with the press. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's ridiculous. But I mean, <laughs> that's, <laughs> Dela, that's such a Delarenti's thing, though, isn't it? <laughs> but brilliant. surely these these players are employees of Milan, and even when they're on international duty, they they are representing Milan, and they need to be held account to what they say, and 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 they shouldn't be allowed to to just shoot their mouths off and and. So it's because it's damaging, further, further damaging the reputation of Milan, which has already suffered such damage. I, I really feel that they need somebody at the club to pull pull it back and, and just say to the players, look, just, you know, say something. They, they can say something generic. They don't have to, they don't have to say such ridiculous things in the press. No, yeah, I agree. Um, a couple of other matches that are happening. You have uh, Torino Inter, you have Sassuolo, Lazio, Verona, Fiorentina. Chloe, um, Fiorentina, what a another team. You have no idea what to expect. Verona, no. I, I, I know I, I say this statistic ever for the last like three or four episodes, and I've been tweeted that I need to shut up about it. But Verona have one of the best defenses in all of Serie A, and I feel like we haven't discussed that enough. Um, no, we all true. thought, I think all, each, all three of us had them destined for the drop. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, together with Lecce and I, I, I have to say, though, um, I mean, they don't score at a very astounding rate, but they at least they're at least giving themselves an opportunity with their stoutness at the back. I, I, I have to say, I've been thoroughly impressed. Yeah, I mean, they're actually only one place below Fiorentina in the league. They're 10th. I mean, who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? I mean, I did have a look at who they'd played and who they were yet to play, and I don't. I think their most difficult run of fixtures is yet to come. So it might be a little bit of a false position, but I, I fear, to be honest, for this match because Fiorentina have kind of struggled to score at times and sc- struggled to break down stubborn teams, and, and Verona are clearly one of those teams. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have? We have Roma, Brescia. I... Oh, Mancini against Tonali. Are you kidding me? I'm going to be <laughs> drooling over that. Sandro Tonali versus Gianluca Mancini in the middle of the park. It's going to be absolutely delicious to watch that. Yeah, now, now yeah. Brescia, it, it's interesting. They sit bottom of the table, recently appointed. Who did they appoint, Nima? Is it Fabio Grosso? <laughs> so it, it's interesting because... I thought that appointment was a bit odd because he struggled in Serie B. And this almost feels like it was more of a kick in the back end sort of appointment where they just need someone to motivate them. In attack particularly, they do not look even the slightest bit convincing. Now, their defense isn't that good either. But in 11 matches, they've scored 10 goals. They've conceded 20. Other than Tonali, um, Balotelli has not been very good. They just—they're coming off a four-to-zero loss against Torino at home, so I would think Roma could handle this one pretty easily. But it's Roma, as you always say. Uh, you never know with Roma, and and no. But I honestly think that Roma—I mean, you see when you watch Zaniolo play now, and you watch how Roma play generally, it's just 
they're a joy to watch right now. They're, they're attacking football. is Their attack is absolutely brilliant. And and their defense is looking really good. Chris Smalling has been a revelation. Um, and, and it's just, you know, we can't say that enough. I think he's together with Acerbi, he's been the, they've been fantastic. Have, they, have they, some of them recovered from injury yet, Don? Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Mkhitaryan, both will be called up this weekend, okay. which is, I think, above all... I mean, if you look at their position in the table, they currently sit, sit sixth. They're 6-4-2. Six, I think the last match against Parma was simply fatigue and yeah. injuries yeah. finally having caught up to them after a month and a half of just ravaging, ravaging, ravaging injuries. Now they're going to welcome back Pellegrini, which is interesting because since Pellegrini has been out, we have seen the best Javier Pastore since he arrived at the club. Um, Mkhitaryan obviously... That's going to be interesting, too. You have Cengiz Under, who came back as well. Hasn't been playing great, but I, I, I'm curious to see how Fonseca manages to balance the squad because he is slowly starting to get everybody back, and he's going to have a bit of an overload, particularly on the wings. He's going to have Clivert. He's going to have Under, Mkhitaryan, Pellegrini, Pastore. He's going to have a lot of these names that he's going to have to find a way to get all of them in. Now, I, I, I can't even venture to guess who his preferred three behind Jekyll would be. I would assume, given how good he was before his injury, Pellegrini is certainly still in there. Zaniolo on the right, and then Mkhitaryan on the left. But um, Clivert has been okay. He's been improving. But every he's one of those players where you feel like he takes two steps forward and then he takes one back. So I'll that, that's what I'm keeping my eye on. I do think they should easily beat Brescia, but I'll be curious to see how he handles the rest of the team. But Zappa, I mean, Spinazzola and Zappa, Costa has gone for the season, isn't he? And uh, Until March, at least. I mean, in ACL, I, I would assume yeah. he doesn't play again. And Spinazzola, Spinazzola is going to be, um, now Now he, he was on, he was called up by Mancini for the national team. Um, he was suffering from muscle fatigue, so he withdrew from the squad. But didn't Mancini then, do that as well, Gianluca Mancini as well? Yes, yeah. yes. So Man, Gianluca Mancini. Injuries. Okay. No, 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 no. I think it was again. I, I think that was the result of merely having to play every single match for the last month and a half, two matches, so, or so, month and a half. So except for, I mean, but Cristante, how long? How long is he away? Cristante is out um, until January, February. So they still have a bit of an issue. In that two-man midfield, um, Veretout, Mancini, Diawara, Diawara just returned. So I would assume he plays a pretty big role here in the next couple of weeks. But the, the curious thing is, again, I, I've talked about it on the previous two episodes, uh, Florenzi, who has been essentially benched more or less. He is not featured in the last handful of matches. Um, and what happens then? What happens then? Antonio Conte says, hey, let's go sign <laughs> him. Oh. Well, it you know, um, the nice thing is I, I, I think a lot of these transfer rumors in regards to Florenzi are more so being created by the media. Florenzi hasn't said a single word. He's been a very, from, from a maturity standpoint, he's been fantastic. He hasn't said anything. He said, I'm going to shut up work because the most important thing is Roma. Do I think he'll he'll leave? No, but but if there is an a chance, even slightly, that he misses out on the Euro. Because we have to remember, the interesting thing here was we were talking about for the Euro 2020, for that right-back position, the names we were talking about all play at Roma. Uh, You have Zappacosta, you have Florenzi, and then we've seen Spinazzola being heavily linked to both the right and the left. So 
it's really interesting that all three guys who are being uh, essentially fighting for the same place in Mancini's team all play at Roma. Now, Spinazzola to date, he's had injury problems, but Fonseca has made it very clear Spinazzola is a guy he prefers to play on the right. Now, Spinazzola said he prefers to play on the left, but Kolarov has been sensational this season, so he won't be playing on the left. But um, I, I will just keep saying what I have been saying about Alessandro Florenzi. He is not an attacker, he is not a defender. He is a Mazzala in a three-man midfield. Only problem is Roma don't play a three-man midfield. So um, if it becomes more apparent, in my opinion, that he isn't going to have a big role, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves somewhere on loan. Sampdoria, to me, just jumps out immediately because Ranieri loved him when he was uh, here for the for uh, last season in those last few months. So I'll be curious to see how that develops. Um but we'll see. We'll see. I, would I be shocked if he left? No. Would, do I expect him to leave, though? No. So that's one of those uh, wait-and-see sort of situations. Um, again, somebody said we don't talk about Lazio enough. So <laughs> real quickly, Sassuolo Lazio. Um, again, I, I this is another team. Lazio, who I appeared on a Celtic. I, I, I appeared on a, uh, before their Europa League match against Celtic. I appeared on a Celtic podcast. And I said, I expect Lazio to win, but if you were to tell me that they were to lose 2-3-1, to one, I wouldn't be even slightly shocked. And they go out and they lose 2-1 to one to Celtic. Now, in the following match uh, in the league, they hammer Lecce, but it was a bit controversial because it was a handball that may or may not have been so. Um, but Sassuolo Lazio... Sassuolo is, uh, there's really not much to say about them. To me, they have turned into such a great story where they maintain their place in the Serie A, but now they've turned into a very just meh sort of team. They don't wow you. They get the, they get their results. They don't do anything spectacular in the transfer market. They're not drawing these big names. Uh, to me, they're just sort of like a very bland club now. I, I'm not even remotely impressed by what they do no anymore. but they, they do they, they, they're some... slowly turning into my cable yeah. which no, i don't no, want no, them no, to do on, don't go down that road <laughs> no, no, no. Do, do something impressive bring somebody big in who we should who who we didn't think you could draw no, i mean i think I, th- I i actually i understand what you mean they're becoming like one of the you know blending into the gray like the udinese thing uh, you know, one of one of one of one of clubs just taking up a place in the Serie A. No, yeah, um, but look what happens when you become, you know, yeah, um, that's true. It just you settle for that. Look at Udinese now. I mean, yeah. I, I think they're terrible, and I hope they do go down just to no. give them a little bit of a spark. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, let's not go crazy here. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I think uh, for me, Sassuolo, Berardi, Caputo. I, I like that little. You know, this this gives me this kind of '90s mid-table Italian vibe to them. Um, uh, so uh, no, I I, I think, th- but they're very inconsistent, and I think this game with Lazio, to me, it's the derby of the inconsistent one. <laughs> it's, it's it's it literally is like because it's it's I, I honestly don't know who will win this game. I think this game could end four four. This could end four three to Sassuolo. It can end four three to Lazio. It could end five nil to Lazio. Like it, I honestly don't know where how this could go. And and the way and the more I look at it. Sure, on paper I expect um, I expect Lazio to win uh, because they have a better squad. But but then on but then you have to play the games and 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 we don't know which Lazio we're going to see. Are we going to see the Lazio against against Lecce or are we going to see the Lazio against Celtic? 
if we see the Lazio against Celtic, then then I think uh, Sassuolo are going to win this. If if it's against Lecce, then I think they're going to blow Sassuolo off the park. It, that that this makes this so difficult. And and to be honest, Berardi is having quite the season as well. Uh, and 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 Caputo is 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 a player I, I actually enjoy I enjoy watching. He, he reminds me of. Um, Dario Hubner for some reason I don't remember, I don't know why but he just reminds me of this that like, is the most random yeah, no, comparison but, I have no, ever but heard in my he, life he just reminds me of these like, remember these 10 to 15 20 goal Serie A attackers in the mid 90s early 2000s the ones that weren't good enough to play in the national team but they delivered like Spinezi in the mid 2000s you know what I mean like oh my god yeah like, the, wow. the, the, like <laughs> Caputo Alfredo Donnarumma the, these strikers are the kind are, are the ones that remind me of that um and and and, and, I, and I, I quite enjoy that and and I think they do have a they have a decent midfield but I but honestly Immobile will score. We know that. Uh, the question is how many will he score and will it be enough to to uh, keep Sassuolo uh, at, bay, at, at distance to go home with three points? I honestly don't know. All right. Well, uh, we talked about Lazio. So for those of you who tweeted us that we don't talk about them enough, uh, I think I'm looking at my, my, my sheet here and I think we dedicated eight minutes to them so <laughs> not that you're counting. please no not that no i am not counting um that would be very petty of me i am not counting so there you have it that's what we think will happen this weekend so we will be back after the match day next week where we will do our a uh, match day review and we will be back with another preview it's also exciting because we have the champions league that we will be able to discuss in the later episode in the week uh where we preview the 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 weekend full of matches so uh we are back on regularly scheduled programming so as always thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you after the weekend bye-bye